the decision from the Colorado Supreme Court. I think they've uh, roundly succeeded, uh, friends, in removing uh, Nikki Haley as a viable threat to Donald J. Trump. Let me explain. Uh, You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. This decision will have almost assuredly the exact opposite impact that it was intended by the four out of seven Supreme Court, Colorado Supreme Court justices, who ruled to try, this was yesterday released, uh, the, the decision to bar Trump from the Colorado ballot. Now, the basis for this disqualification is um, a 14th Amendment prohibition on having anybody hold office who, um, uh, who you know, participated or encouraged rebellion. So it's Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, and because it is a constitutional question, I've heard a lot of opinions go both different ways, because it goes to the heart of what is uh, in the U.S. Constitution, not the Colorado Constitution, but the U.S. Constitution, this decision is ripe for review by the highest court, the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, I have friends, I have first off, uh, this decision is deeply flawed, and it's look. It's for one. For one, even Jack Smith, who has been attempting to throw everything he has and the kitchen sink at Trump. Right, he's the special prosecutor who first charged Trump down in Miami, in South Florida, for the documents mess, and and then uh, filed a separate indictment in the District of Columbia making all sorts of allegations, but none of them, friends, none of them involved accusations of leading a rebellion or inciting a rebellion. He did not believe, by virtue of a lack of charge on the subject, that he had sufficient basis to charge Trump. And yet here we have four justices who all appointed by Democrats. By the way, we have some strong dissents, even from the Democrats on the court, which I, I think ought to tell you what you need to know about this decision. Uh, they are, no, they're round, no, they're, look, they, 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 they've decided that they know best. And that's in spite of many courts across the country looking at this and agitators wanting similar decisions and results, and courts, of course, roundly dismissing this. All right, so the yeah, so this this is this is not going anywhere, but there's political ramifications for it because I think it and we'll get into it a little bit here as we progress through today's program. I believe it uh it it it, it again it does more to bring sympathy to Donald Trump. It brings more to validate his claims that he is being singled out and targeted by radicalized democratic operatives. It has more, um, I guess it has, it, it will do more to convince Republicans to rally behind Trump than it, than it will do to, to prevent Trump from being on the ballot. So that's one thing. Jonathan Turley, who is no fan of Trump, in fact, what he says in a piece published this morning on The Messenger, 
He says, and I quote, January 6, 2021 was many things. Again, this is Jonathan Turley. This is not me, but this is what Jonathan Turley writes in order to understand his perspective and give him some credibility as he then proceeds to dismiss these charges. He goes, January 6, J6 was a lot of things and all of them were bad. The quote continues, however, it was not an insurrection. I was critical of Trump's speech to a mob of supporters and I rejected his legal claims to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election in Congress. However, it was, and I'll insert the word merely, it was merely a protest that became a riot. It was not a rebellion. And so what he goes on to say is basically this decision uh, certainly showed no legal restraint by any of the justices, uh, clearly inviting expedited review by the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court's going to come down at some point and say, no, this is hogwash and, 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 and kicking this back, and Trump will end up on the ballot. But he's going to dominate the news cycle. He is going to be, I'm just telling you, this is, we're all talking about this. We're talking about it. And every single Republican that is running for office right now and who is an elected office holder or a aspiring office holder or a, a thought influencer on the Republican or conservative side who is not standing up for Donald Trump here, uh, I think is – uh, is deserves a deserves a, a, a lot of um, a lot of criticism. Now Vivek Ramaswamy yesterday, I don't know if you saw this. He immediately got up and said, "This is absurd." And if Trump, Trump's not going to be on the Colorado ballot, then I won't be on the Colorado ballot. And he he called for everybody else who is vying for the Republican nomination for president to do the same. That's. Vivek always manages to be on the right side of this issue. If you'll recall, when the first indictment came down, he literally was on the street in Miami in front of the courthouse holding an impromptu press conference where he declared that that this needs to be fought to nail. It's, a, it's an assault on all freedom-loving people st- standing up for Donald Trump, explaining, you remember this, how it all went down? He said he, something to the effect of, he goes, well, listen, we all should be decrying this. We should all be criticizing this. It, it, would, it certainly would benefit me if Donald Trump was taken out of the race as I am – as he's my top competitor. But, but I, I – this is Vivek saying, but, but this, this can't stand. It's not proper. It's banana republic-level stuff. And that's precisely what Colorado is doing. So again, Vivek was one of the first, if not the first, Republicans out there who were, who were uh, uh, vehemently – uh, opposed to this, and he was and remains one of few Republicans in the uh, presidential race who is saying anything about this. The rest of them, are, they're, they're not saying boo. I mean, I heard there were there were full-throated defenses being put forward by folks that are uh, decidedly on the left of Donald Trump on this issue in Colorado. And, and DeSantis couldn't get up and say boo? I mean, I, I don't even, it's, it is the worst strategy. If you think, if you think that these shenanigans, these machinations put forward by Jack Smith, put forward by Team Biden, particularly the Department of Justice, the FBI, 
you think what the Colorado Supreme Court has done here is exclusively targeting Donald Trump whilst letting, well, decent, good, hearted, kind, thoughtful Republicans off the hook. You're wrong. They're going after Trump not because they find him morally repugnant or despicable. They're going after Donald Trump because they know he can win. They wouldn't be pulling out all these stops if they didn't fear him. That's the rub here, right? That's, that's the takeaway. So in all of this, friends, let me be absolutely clear. Uh, every person that goes on MSNBC and tells you, Edward Trump can't win. I saw a, oh, God, I saw a sit down with Paul Ryan. I don't know where it was. We don't have it in our queue, Robbie. I did not send this to you. But I, I looked at – he's sitting down, and he's talking about the reasons why Donald Trump needs to, needs to be defeated. And he's saying, well, first off, he said Donald Trump's going to lose. It talks about all the times – all the all the times Donald – all the times Republicans lost after 2016. And I'm thinking to myself, here's Paul Ryan, who was the – well, then he was the, the head of the – of the House, right? Speaker of the House, head of the Republicans in the House. And what did he do? He nonstop obstructed Trump's agenda. What did he want? Did he want Trump voters to go in 2018 and help Paul Ryan out and vote for Republicans in Congress? H-E double hockey sticks, no. All right? So I'm listening to people that don't... Everybody out there telling you that Trump doesn't have any chance of winning the general election, all you have to do is look to all of these Herculean efforts being put forth by uh, prominent Democratic operatives, even members of state Supreme Courts, who are willing to do anything, even bend and twist and, and, and extend themselves professionally. In order to stop Trump, they fear him. And if he was a non-issue, none of this, and I mean none of this, would be going on. All right, don't go anywhere. Quick break. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. When I tell you that Vivek Ramaswamy, the uh, one of the contenders in the Republican primary absolutely has uh, conducted himself in the proper way in defending Donald Trump and, and all of these various assaults on Trump. Let me give you uh, his remarks from yesterday. And let me tell you, this is nothing short of a masterclass exactly on how a Republican, any Republican right now, ought to be Responding. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we, the people, select our leadership, not the 
unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today. I will withdraw, I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Tr Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. Okay, I don't care if you don't like Vivek Ramaswamy. I, I get it. I understand. You can email me and, and tell me why you don't like him. I got it. Can you at least accept, though, the fact that this is, this is political jujitsu? This is a guy who is, what is, what's, the whole point of mano a mano combat is, particularly jujitsu, is to leverage your smaller self, your smaller weight against a more powerful, stronger opponent. And it's listen, I mean, and that's 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 the idea. You you, you see these guys who know how to do it, and it's a little guy against a big guy, and a little guy wins. And and Vivek, I'm not calling Vivek little, but I'm just telling you politically, he's. He, he's, not, he's not a top contender just numerically, and his numbers have stagnated. So here's a guy who is, you know, in, in, the, in the single digits and has maybe had a little couple breakthrough moments, and yet he has thrown down the gauntlet. He's the first on the scene. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have to run. Here, here's the thing with this campaign. He doesn't have to run this by you know, 30 advisors. He doesn't have to run this by a super PAC. He doesn't have to run this by his entire team because that's what delayed, by the way, that delayed DeSantis for hours to issue this statement. A little bit different. What do you think? They will use the power of the state to advance their agenda. And you see that with the Colorado Supreme Court. I mean, look, if somebody's convicted or something of, of some of these things, there was no trial on any of this. They basically just said, what, you can't be on the ballot? I mean, how does that work? What's the limiting principle for that? Could we just say that Biden can't be on the ballot because he let in 8 million illegals uh, into the country and violated the Constitution, which he has? So, so I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to reverse that. They're doing all this stuff to basically solidify support in the primary for him, get him into the general, and the whole general election is going to be all this legal stuff. And I think they have a playbook that unfortunately will work, uh, and it'll give Biden or the Democrat or whoever the ability uh, to skate through this thing. What they don't want is to have somebody like me who will make the election not about all those other issues, but will make the election about the failures of Biden, the failures of the left, and how we're going to be able to turn the country around. Well, instead of just a condemnation right at the bat, he's making this about him. Look, I mean, it's a, this is a headwind, and yeah, what the Democrats are doing is shady as all heck, but, you know, if it was me in the race against Biden, they couldn't do any of this to me. I think that's delusional. I think if DeSantis was gaining on Biden, if DeSantis got the nomination, they would pull out all the stops against DeSantis as well. They fear him equally. The only reason they're not going after DeSantis, to be quite frank, is that his poll numbers don't give him a tremendous amount of viability to cinch the Republican nomination. Does that make sense? Back to my comment, last segment, that I do not believe Republicans... Uh, are of sound mind when they think that this is something all just directed to Trump because Trump behaved poorly. 
I'm, I'm summarizing that, but it's it's not that. They fear any change agent Republicans. They don't fear Chris Christie, okay? Who, by the way, uh, had this to say uh, late last night about the Colorado Supreme Court decision. So I can't comment on the opinion itself because I want to read it first. But what I will say is this. I do not believe Donald Trump should be prevented from being president of the United States by any court. I think he should be prevented from being president of the United States by the voters of this country. That's what I and I, and, and, and I don't, and, and I don't believe that it's good for our country if he's precluded from the ballot by a court. Like it's bad for the country if that happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's decent, right? Now I. But it's where's the there there ought to be outrage. I really don't think that Republicans like Chris Christie believe that this could ever happen to them. And the reason they don't believe they have some basis of of um, of they have some basis for believing that because they are go along get along Republicans. Nikki Haley, you know, if Nikki Haley were to get elected, you think that Democrats in Washington D.C. would lose any sleep? The next day or that night. See, I don't think so. I don't think she presents a threat in any real way. It'll be bidness as usual. And yes, I I know I mispronounce words here on the program, uh, but I did that on purpose. Bidness. <laughs> well, I'm it's that's what, the, that's what they do up in Washington. They they do some bidness and they it all works out for them. It doesn't work out for us so great. And so you drop a, you know, it's, you know, if Washington, right, I said this back in 2015, and certainly in 2016, I said that if Washington is, was then, still is now, a stopped-up toilet, and Trump is like a hand grenade that you're throwing in it. Now, some porcelain's going to break, but, you know, guess what? The uh, the stoppage is going to break loose, and some of that really happened, right? I mean, for example, right, all those regulations that started to get peeled back. Special interests lost a lot of power in the administration between 2017 and 2021. Now, a guy like DeSantis, I mean, he could really roll things back, right? He would. I have no doubt about it. I absolutely believe that. 110% am convinced DeSantis, if elected president, would be perhaps even a greater existential threat to the deep state than Trump himself. And so it boggles the mind to see DeSantis be out there I just, well, this is so bad, and we ought to do that. But, you know, if it was me, you know, we wouldn't have any of these problems. I'm sorry, pal. I think that's delusional thinking. And I think certainly Chris Christie and Nikki Haley are, um, you know, benefit from the fact that they wouldn't be they wouldn't come into D.C. as commander in chief getting sworn in. And and the next day, the first hundred days, let's say, of their presidency, uh, giving Democrats any ulcers. I just don't think that that would um, that would happen. All right. So what are the pundits? Well, the pundits, let's get to that. Where how will the seven effect? Because I started the today I started the show saying this is a this is a death knell for Nikki Haley. I stand by that. Let me explain fully what I mean. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right show. 
Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only law firm to trust in Nevada and beyond. 702-820-1234. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to The What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, my email, sam at samandashlaw.com, sam at samandashlaw.com. In fact, just here during the break, got an email from Ron. Uh, sam, you said Vivek, uh, meaning Vivek Ramaswamy, always stood by Donald Trump. See the video below where he calls Donald Trump a sore loser. He's only doing this to kiss up to Trump's base. He's waffled on this and did a 180. Ron, I, I can't, I'm having, uh, just because I'm in the break and getting prepped here, I didn't watch the video, and I'll take uh, your word for it of the characterization here. Look, I, I the, listen, I, I hear you. Uh, I think, and, and I'm, the reason this is coming up in my comments on Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, because I thought his answer Right to what happened yesterday, where the Colorado Supreme Court, four out of seven justices, all Democrats, by the way, and I'll tell you this, the three that voted against it, also Democrats, one of whom was, well, I read, I read his opinion, was, it was apoplectic, okay? I mean, he just said this was, this was absolute garbage and, and had no basis in law. So Vivek's response, though, um, after the Miami indictment the documents indictment his response here for example his response to the j6 indictment in dc these are all good responses and one of the things that vivek has said and i look and you, you can we can get into his motives right now i'm not a mind reader i try to do a lot on this program i i you know my mind reading is a is a is a is a difficult business ron i, I promise you that but one of the things he says is, is he feels completely differently about J6 today than he, than he did um, in, in January, February, March of 2021. And all I can tell you, Ron, and I, I'm being – I can only be as, as honest as, and, and, and transparent on this program as I, as I can be. And it's you know, sometimes good, bad, and the ugly, right? I, I'll tell you I remember my impression of J6 in the moment. And if you'll all, those of you who've been here with me for a little while, I was feverish in bed with my first bout of COVID. And I was in and out of REM cycles, okay? I was in deep sleep. And I went, to, I fell asleep somewhere toward the end of Trump's speech on the Capitol that day, uh, at the, you know, where he was, he, yeah, he was given a speech. And, and, I, and I remember thinking, this is just getting too weird for me, Okay. It was getting too weird for me. I went to sleep. I woke up, and all hell had broken loose. I can tell you candidly, I f I know a lot more today than I did back then about how this all went down. I'm a skeptical person, so when people, you know, I, I tend not, I tend to go for obvious explanations instead of, you know, convoluted theories. But I certainly am aware now that there uh, are a confirmation through 
extensive testimony on the Hill, for example, that there were government actors and assets in the crowd. So we know a lot more about J6 now than we did back then. So, you know, yeah, he's saying I I stood by in my 2020 statement, and I'll watch the video, Ron, but my point is smart people are allowed to change their minds. It's what smart people do. And yesterday's show, by the way, I think the overarching theme of it was look at all the libs that have changed their mind. Look at all the people that are fleeing intellectually their left-wing homes and coming over to the center-right because they, they're, they've been alienated and have enough brain power to question the premises of their opinions, the things they thought they believed. So that's my that's my answer, Ron. I just appreciate you listening, and and I'm and I I, I get it, right? I mean, and 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 I'll tell you this, right? There are people who were unequivocal from the beginning, who called this out correctly in a way that I, for example, did not. And those people, that's the, that's a kind of prescience and 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 um, and vision and and perception that is is uh, laudatory. But right now, given the different responses by the by all of the individual uh, Republicans running for the nomination, I don't know. Vivek's response simply stands out to me, and that is what I'm getting at. Now, uh, well, yes, well, getting to Nikki Haley, right? Nikki, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley was going up in the polls and was somewhat ascendant in the last little bit. I don't know if it was enough to get her across the finish line to begin with, but there she was. And Frank Luntz yesterday on CNN said this about Nikki Haley's chances as a consequence of the Colorado Supreme Court's shenanigans. Nikki Haley was gaining and gaining and gaining every single day, but she's going to be lost in the coverage for the next few days, maybe for the next couple of weeks. As Trump turns this to his advantage, he's taken, he is the best victim politician I have ever seen in my 35 years in doing this. And this is exactly what he would have wanted uh, in the run-up to the Iowa caucus. Yeah, so, so, so Frank Luntz, you know him. He's the one that looks like the, um, uh, the radioactive grouper. Um, although he's grown a beard, he looks less, um, <laughs> he looks less suspicious now. Smart guy. I disagree with him on a lot, and, but let's take the statement apart. Calling Trump the best victim politician, I mean, look, <laughs> Dems want Republicans to take the abuse, to sit down, to shut up, and lick their wounds and walk away. They want George W. Bush. George Bush got mercilessly whack-a-mold everywhere he went, right? Just every time he, he said something, along came the mainstream media and pop, hit him on the head. And what did he do? Well, well, he was a Christian, right? So he, very Jesus-like, turned the other cheek and kept taking it. Trump watched, and I, I, I know this, folks, for a fact, Trump watched the entire spectacle that was the George W. Bush presidency and took something away from it. He goes, no, I'm going to punch back. Now, this was never done before, and every expert and every pollster and everybody told, don't do that, don't. And 
And I'll be honest, sometimes Trump doesn't need to, and he does. It's just like this reflexive thing. And, and he's oftentimes in this regard, it's one example of it where he's his own worst enemy. However, it's not 2000. It's 2023, almost 2024. It is a different world. You have to fight it back against these people or they take the narrative away from you, which is precisely what happened to Bush in the eight years of his presidency. So Frank Luntz is victim politician. No, he's a no, victim. But he's, he's, Trump is the guy who's out there fighting against a people that want to eradicate him. And he ought to. But Luntz is absolutely right that this was a gift to Trump in the lead-up to the Iowa caucus. Huge gift. Because what is the dominant story now? People, even who do not like Trump, must, if they've got any credibility, begrudgingly admit that this is BS and complete hog wallop, and they need it. And and that and that this is not going to go anywhere. And the, and what does it do? It makes look. It makes Trump really look like a guy who, in fact, is being persecuted by the Democratic Party establishment, by the very people who are out there claiming that it's Trump engaging in election denialism and and uh, interference. They're the they're the election interferers, right? Now the tables have turned. And it hurts Nikki Haley because if she's the again, if if the conventional thinking went as of yesterday noon, three o'clock, that Nikki Haley was the, you know the 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 latest and greatest uh, surge to take on Donaldus Maximus. Well, okay, where is she now? She's going to be buried in the news cycle. So if Luntz continues, he says this all is going to backfire bigly. Donald Trump thrives on negativity. He thrives on legal systems that try to hold him accountable. And I'm convinced that his polling numbers are going to go up. Just today, the New York Times published six key swing states and had Donald Trump up beyond the margin of error in five out of the six. The polling earlier uh, a month ago was significant. Trump is gaining. The more that he is prosecuted, the more that he is condemned, the higher his numbers go as people rally around him. And I would say to the judges, as I said to the Justice Department, you're actually making it more likely that Donald Trump is elected next November by how you are pursuing this. You know, that's that's true. By, by the way, Trump, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Trump is uh he's really this couldn't have worked out better for him is my point and i agree with luntz on this they're basically uh extensions of the trump campaign these four left-wing lunatic justices in uh, colorado so swing states drawing people to trump particularly in wait for it in a state that blew me away was nevada because that's a state with a significant percentage of Latino votes. Trump has been screaming about illegal immigration. And Nevada seems to be rewarding him for the language that he uses and for the intensity of his message. If Nevada is going this much for Trump, that ought to send you a big signal about what's happening in America today. Yes, there it is. By the way, I love at least Frank Luntz knows it's not Nevada. 
So we can give him some credit there. Friends, quick break. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law will return after these messages. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Yeah, this is... uh The people on the left, there's some great responses to the Colorado decision to ban Trump from the ballot. That decision, of course, will be appealed. Toot sweet. Uh, That's French, um, uh, or at least attempted French. Uh, Very quickly will be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. I have no doubt the U.S. Supreme Court will not affirm this decision. I will be, I'd be very shocked if they did. So, uh, that's the scoop, but let me play a couple or at least one fabulous response to this uh, in the MSM. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Uh, this hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. Let's see here. This is this is a good one. I'll play this one. <laughs> it's a, Morning Joe. That's Joe Scarborough, ex-Republican, now MSNBC stooge, asks a New York Times editorial board member. (laughs) These are the people that they haven't fired yet, so you know they're ideologically pure, if you will. Uh, Mara Gay is her name. He asks her, Joe Scarborough, the host, Asks her, Mara Gay, what do you say to the Republican candidate's argument that this should be the voters should have the say and not the courts? Which is, by the way, what Chris Christie said uh, about all this. Here is Ms. Mara Gay's quest, uh, response to this. New York Times editorial board member, person with power to decide what you read in the New York Times. And here... He- <laughs> Here's her response. Why are you standing with Confederates who betrayed this country? This is what they're standing with, is the spirit of those Confederates rather than the Americans who came together after a long and brutal civil war that was fought to keep the Union together uh, and saw, clearly saw a threat in ex-Confederates running for office, so much so that they amended the Constitution to prevent those traitors from running for office. That should send a message that our election system, our electoral system, can be used for nefarious purposes against the democracy itself. It's clear. Uh, It's clear as day. It's not clear as day, you... just These people are lobotomized idiots. Um... (laughs) this this you're equating a civil war an armed insurrection what's it's it's a a, a war literally our country broke apart had to be put back together by the way these are the same people who are taking down monuments that celebrated the return of unity to the United States of America, like the monument that went down a week ago in Arlington, just outside of Washington, D.C. So this is not this this has never been used in modern times. There's a high bar here. This is not a high bar. It's 
exactly what Turley said. If you really don't like Trump, if you think that Trump is terrible, whatever, you, you can you can criticize his judgment of the speech. You can criticize his judgment in holding the event itself. You can meaning the the rally, the stop the steal rally. You can you can criticize all of that. But this is nothing more, worst case, nothing more than a protest that turned a rally that turned into a riot. By the way, I think, asterisk, asterisk, that you can add a little note there now because we found out a few things uh, in the last uh, two, three years, and that is that this riot may have been aided and abetted by the very people now who seek to remove Trump uh, from the ballot, which uh, I think is – I think that's an important data point because <laughs> because then it starts to all seem like kind of a setup and political strategery. Jonathan Turley says said yesterday on Fox News, Laura's Ingram show, that it's like throwing a match on a powder keg. That's more like it. This court just handed partisans on both sides uh, the ultimate tool to try to uh, shortcut elections. And it's very, very dangerous. I mean, this country is a powder keg, and this court is just throwing matches at it. And I think that uh, it's a real mistake. But I think that they're wrong on the law. To call this an insurrection for the purposes of disqualification uh, would create a slippery slope for every state in the union. This is a time when we actually need democracy. We need to allow the the voters to vote. We need to hear their decision. And the court here just said, you're not going to get that. Uh, in Colorado, we're not going to let you vote for Donald Trump. You know, for the people that say they're trying to protect democracy, this is hands down the most now, anti-democratic please. opinion I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, here's the scoop, right? The Democrats out there who are screaming fascist, fascist, pointing at Republicans are themselves entirely convinced that we the people are too stupid, are too incapable, are too blind, are too, are, are too unreliable to make decisions in this democracy. That's, uh, that's it. These judges basically looked at everybody in the state of Colorado and said, you, you people don't, you guys, you guys, you guys you can't, can't be trusted not to vote for this guy. So guess what? We're just going to cut this off at the knees and prevent him from being on the ballot. Do you know how incredibly condescending this is? And it's coming from the very uh, political spectrum side of this country that sp- – talks endlessly about stopping fascism. It's funny. It's almost like the person who protests this uh, loudly, the most loud, is, is the one most guilty of it. We could add the, uh, we could add the, the, the jovial statement, uh, uh, you know, uh, projecting much. So that's, that's really the, that's the takeaway here. The very people that talk about election interference, the very people that talk about Trump becoming a dictator, right? That's we've been hearing that all the time. Trump is going to be a dictator if he gets elected. And careful, don't elect Trump because he's a four-year, he's going to be there forever. He's going to be like Putin. After all, he quotes Putin and he quotes Hitler and he quotes like this is what this is what the news cycle has been dominated with. Dominated by. So so I'm so the very people that Cry in election, uh, election interference and 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 shout from the rooftops that Trump's going to be a dictator are themselves interfering in an election, 
and taking away the ability, the constitutional right of voters to choose who they want represent them. And our founding fathers made very few prohibitions in the Constitution itself for qualifications of president. There's an age qualification, right? There's a natural born qualification, right? Is, is you know, but but there's there's not a, not not a lot not else there really. It's it's pretty straightforward. So this is they're really reaching here, and they've overreached, and now they have a problemo on their hands. So we will follow this, of course. I'm sure in the coming days we'll have more about this. Okay, folks. Um, COVID-19, by the way, back, it's back, and they're starting to freak us out about this, apparently some new strains of it. Um, And then, of course, I want to get into, I promised yesterday we'd talk a little bit about the college situation after I had a dinner with a college president uh, just a couple days ago. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Right on cue, COVID is back and uh, (laughs) take cover, get vaccinated. Friends, you're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. So, um, yeah, by the way, I've received permission to share this. Uh, Producer Rambi is uh, managing the program from an undisclosed location, fully hermetically sealed, as he has been contaminated by the Rona. (laughs) This this effect. Now, Rambi, correct me if... if, um, I don't want to mischaracterize this, but apparently you are um, – it's not as bad as the first time. And, uh, and it's you're, – you're just, you're just feeling a little, a little fluey, right? Is that the – that's the gist of it, okay? And – okay, and, uh, and you're, you're – uh, yeah, is, is this encouraging you in any way, shape, or form to get some boosts? It's so funny to me. I, 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 people still out there going to get more of these these shots? I mean, you, you know, right now, I even have some of my uh, friends who were absolutely pro-vax and pro-shutdown, pro-every-government pro intervention back in 2020. And honestly, people who were into those same interventions in 2021 um, and... Uh, but, but who now? Who now say they're they're done? They're not taking any more any more shots. They're starting to get nervous. They're starting to get a little concerned that uh, maybe the, the the vaccines are could have some side effects. Uh, Robbie says that it would have been a little milder for him if he was double vaccinated and quintuple boosted. Okay, well there you go. So I'm I'm. That that's exactly it. Everybody's saying they had mild COVID. They go, well, I had mild COVID because I was vaccinated. Remember this when the vaccines came out? Thank goodness I had the vaccine because it was mild. And that was back in the time where I, you know, absolutely never did get vaccinated. Nor did my wife. Nor did my kids. Keep telling my kids, you're so lucky that you have, uh, frankly, a mother. Right? Comes from my wife. A mother who has 
common sense. There's a lot of these kids, right, got, got, got boosted and vaxxed and boosted. So anyway, and, and I would have mild cases of COVID because, Robbie, I'm, I don't want to you know, brag here. Uh, but I think I'm, I, I've had at least, I've had it at least four times. And, and, and I mean, it just got to the point where I, you know, I knew it was what it was because I, I get the body aches. All the variants I've had is always body aches. So this new JN1, this is like super COVID and they're, and what do they do? Because we're, it's not enough that it's COVID. They always have to add a modifier. Like, like this one is a particularly virulent form of it, and it's spreading faster uh, and, uh, than, it, than any other variant before it. You know, every virus, and I said this back in 2020, people, you know, every, people, people didn't want to listen. Every virus is uh, l- uh, less transmissible in the beginning and more lethal, and, and as it adapts, it, generally speaking, and COVID has proven to be roughly the same, as, as other viruses in this regard, it it weakens its um it, its 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 effects right its its effects weaken but its ability to transmit improves. A virus adapts but loses its potency in that adaption of being able to spread person to person. So what is this? This is a flu. Okay, that's what it is. But we're putting the COVID name on it. We're going to scare some people. We want more vaccines sold. And primarily, what is this all about? One could be perhaps a little skeptical, a little, well, a little, and 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 a, and a little bit. Um, what could we say? We we could say that we've learned a little bit in the last three years, and we realize that talking a lot about COVID and the dangers of leaving your house could be a reason for the Democrats in various jurisdictions to keep mail-in voting. You know, I saw a story today locally. This is a local story, okay? So this this is um, I'm just – I'm bringing it up because it sort of almost seems like a nothing burger story. Lombardo, governor here in Nevada, has ended uh, more lenient remote work guidelines for state employees. So he's basically wanting to bring people back into the office. And I saw – well, our Speaker of the House, Mr. Yeager, saying that this, you know, this is this is a return back to the dark ages. I'm paraphrasing his tweet, okay? Yet it was like that. It's like the the nostalgia is all fine and dandy, but you know, people need more flexibility, and this is not going to help us attract quality people. Um, do you know what I think? It I th- again, I think any erosion of COVID era policies is a threat. To the 2024 election, so goes the thinking of a politically minded Democrat. So January, uh, remember, Lombardo signed an executive order instructing the Department of Administration to implement, quote, pre-pandemic normal and customary office conditions. And that was all for all executive branch employees by July 1st. Uh, then it got, I guess, pushed back a little bit. And, um, and now it's time to get back to work. Now I, I listen. I understand. Here, here's my, here's one thing I'll say to this, just practically speaking. Occasionally, I'm an I'm a big believer in in office work. I also recognize that certain people can work remotely, and they do. They they it works for certain people. Not all, not even a majority. I think it's a minority of people 
do well working remotely. I think the rest need the structure of an office, and and, and you can, it's hard to build camaraderie and 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 you know a team environment when everybody's meeting only on Zoom. Regardless, I know it is difficult to find workers and have them you know commute into an office. So I I understand that perhaps it's you know going to be a challenging for certain people, but I. But, but look, the reason they're fighting against it is not – most of these guys that are fighting against it are not doing so because they uh, – let's say they really think that this is uh, going to create a staffing shortage for the government. They are fighting against it because they see every little bit of return to normalcy, return to pre-pandemic norms as an assault on the holy grail – of Democratic Party policy, which has been mail-in voting. And it's funny to me, I can read an entire story here in the Nevada Independent, and there is zero, I mean, zippo analysis of any of this um, or or a suggestion that what I'm saying to you here uh, could be behind uh, opposition to this to this directive. So I'm just I'm just by pointing this out, right? There's there's that there. So anyway, that's whenever I see these COVID stuff stories. Oh, and there's they put out Axios put out the um, CDC map for COVID right now. Very high, by the way, very high in DC. In fact, all of Virginia. It's yeah, very high. Minnesota. No, no, no. Minnesota's okay. We 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 have Montana is high. Uh, Utah very high. We are uh, we uh, very high. We're high, but not very high here in Nevada. So I guess give us a little bit of time. Producer Robbie, we hope you are feeling better soon and that this indeed passes and um, you go on the mend. Now, I, I, I want to bring something up here this hour that I, I, I failed to get to yesterday. And the, the, the fact of the matter is, folks, we have – what is it? We got two hours a day. Not even because they, they, they steal a little bit of time from us every hour to go to commercial break, do the news and all that. So it's really less than that. I can't possibly get to everything. And I, I, I began – at one point yesterday, I began telling you about a meeting that I had a, a dinner on, on Monday night with uh, my good friend uh, and, a, and, a, and a, some fine people here from Las Vegas. Uh, we had our fr- a friend, uh, the president of Chapman University, visit us here in the Las Vegas area. There are a number of students attending Chapman University, both undergrad and graduate school. In Orange, California, from Las Vegas, so and there's there's a an alumni network here, and of course I, and am an alumnus of Chapman University and Chapman Law, uh, and my my partner here at Sam and Ash Injury Law, Ashley, is a uh, also an alumna of the of the School of Law there. So we had an interesting sit down. I have to take this quick break. But I want to tell you about it. Because of course I provocatively walk right in and say, well, there's really nothing going on. In the news about higher education. I mean, does something did something happen in the last couple of weeks? Of course, alluding to Claudine Gay and the two other of the three Stooges who testified in Congress and made utter fools of themselves. So let me tell you about the reaction from an actual competent university president that I had the privilege of speaking to. Maybe you'll find this. Um, You'll find this insightful, I believe. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve 
what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Well, I got to share this quick story with you. Uh, just a fascinating, uh, to me at least, point. Pilsner Urquell, the Czech beer I say this because I, Sam Rajovsky, of the What's Right show, hail from the Czech Republic, parents both born in Prague, uh, they are they're declining to sponsor next year's Summer Olympic Games in Paris. That's Paris, for those of you from Nagadocious, Texas. Uh, Paris, because the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is allowing Russian and Belarusian athletes to compete in the event so there it is um the czech beer yeah they'll not be they won't be they're not going to sponsor something where the ruskies are going to show up now the ioc remember listen uh, games are about getting countries together and competing in sport not to get mired in politics although certainly the International Olympic Committee has, at times, muddled itself in politics, but here they're declining to take a stance and holding true to the charter of the Olympic Games as it being a free uh, and open competition among nations, regardless of what is going on. Can you imagine being on the Ukrainian team and having to f- you know, compete against the Ruskies? could be a little awkward. All right, so I had a dinner. I want to tell you about this. And without betraying any confidences, here, here is my question, and I have you know, permission to share this. My question was, I sat down, I had dinner with a good friend of mine who was the president of Chapman University. Now, my dis- uh, disclosures here for all of you, if you don't follow the program, I am on the board of Chapman University. I'm on the board of governors, and I've served in that position for, for many years. I'm on the, also on the academic committee uh, for the school that I uh, participate in and vote on together with the trustees of the university. So I'm involved at Chapman. And Sam and Ash Injury Law is the named sponsor of the Chapman University School of Law Student Lounge. So if you are a Las Vegan or Californian visiting Chapman University in Orange, California. You can go into the law school right there in the ground level, the beautiful student lounge, Sam and Ash. You'll be like, I know those guys. Those are my people. So anyway, just letting you know, setting it up so you understand how I connect to all of this. So we're talking, and of course, I bring up what's been going on. And I say, all right, what's your response to this? And I got a response that I disagreed with. I'm going to leave that private. Uh, and then got this. I asked a more focused question, and I said, "What is the free speech standard?" Right? Because what is the what is the answer that Claudine Gay, for example, when asked in front of that congressional hearing, when asked, does you know does advocating for genocide is that a violation of 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 your you know your First Amendment protections? Uh, standards at the at the school and so here's what you know here's what a dedicated free speech college president said in his answer 
He just looked at me and said, it is. It's protected. And here's the difference, right? Here is, and I've been saying this now all along, so I feel somewhat validated. There is a fork in the road. If you're advocating for genocide generally, and it's your opinion, it's, it's abhorrent, right? Where I'm not here defending Hamas. You please, folks, bear with me here. You know my position on this, right? I think these people are despicable. I think they need to be turned into dust. I, I'm, I've been pretty unequivocal about this. But I'm also a free speech absolutist. And so here's what he said. He goes, if it's directed, if it's a statement, a broad statement, it's protected speech. If it is directed at a particular student, a particular person, then suddenly that becomes an actionable threat. Right? I'm going to genocide you, Sam, because you're a conservative, you're a Trump supporter, and I don't think you should exist. You're done. Somebody tells me that on a college campus. That's a problem. Now there can be consequences for that. That's a threat. That's a terroristic threat. I, I know this seems like we're you know, you know, parsing these, cutting these, slicing these hairs really fine, but it, that's, what, that's what these – I tell you, that's how the Supreme Court labors over these, over these cases – and there's an extremely high standard for m- making something that somebody says, um, uh, b- being able for the state to come in and bar it. And remember what these universities are doing, just so we're clear. A private university like Chapman and like Harvard is not required to – is not bound by the First Amendment. Okay, They're not a government entity. It's not the state coming in saying, Sam, you can't – threaten a Jewish student, right, from, or a, 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 I wouldn't, right, Sam, you can't threaten that Hamas supporter that you're going to punch him in the face. You can't do that. You might want to, but you, you can't do it. Now, a school could do that, but the, these schools have all decided, okay, historically, they've decided to, that we are going to adhere to whatever the constitutional standard is. However it is developed in the courts, we will follow that federal standard for our guarantees of free speech on campus. But what we know, of course, and this was a, a, a you know, we went through, we had a long, we ended up talking for about an hour about this. Going through all of the moments in time at Chapman where people were protected and even even people who, who I know uh the president of the school strongly disagrees with and finds despicable, he would be he was the first to defend their right to speak. That's something that Harvard doesn't have. That's something that you don't find at UPenn. It's what you don't find at Yale. You don't find at these schools because they've contorted the rules in a way to silence any kind of speech they disagree with. So the next part of the discussion, of course, I said, well, this is, what they've done is they've basically made certain words, they've declared that certain language, if used, is equivalent to a physical attack. They've encouraged students, right, to be so fragile that merely saying something along the lines of, well, there are two genders. Well, a trans woman is not a woman. Well, saying, for example, those two things, people would melt down on campus. Oh, my God, it's an attack. It's an assault. And the school would come in and say, you know, well, you don't have the right to hurt people, right? 
You don't, you don't have that. The First Amendment doesn't give you the right to cause people pain. And we've talked about this here for years, right, because it's an absurd argument. This kind of um, this this what they what do they yeah hate speech right this this is this is crazy you're you're in essence right giving the power over your physical well being to somebody else by taking what they say and instead of letting it roll off your back and go out and when you're out the other you're internalizing it but the reason that that happens and the reason that it's encouraged by all of these universities is because they want all these students to be fragile so they can use it as an excuse to silence conservative dissent on college campuses. And it's all done because, in my view, and this is not an official position of Chapman University or anyone else, but in my view, all these administrators in all these positions are so profoundly incompetent. They're such morons that they know their BS does not withstand, cannot withstand scrutiny. And so anybody there capable of voicing any opposition uh, is roundly sidelined as quickly as possible. Sam Erjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, The What's Right Show will continue after this. Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. It would help uh, if I turned my sound down. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Welcome back to the program. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, I have to share this to each uh, with each and every one of you that has a smartphone. Because this is wild. Do you have a smartphone? Do you have an iPhone? Even an Android phone? Although this particular guy was targeting folks with iPhones. Doesn't mean that you're off the hook if you've uh, got an Android this uh, Wall Street Journal sent a reporter to prison to talk to a convicted iPhone thief. So the reporter goes to the Minnesota Correctional Facility and sits down with a, a guy, uh, let's see, what's his name? Um, Johnson. Well, that's his first name here. Yeah, so a 26-year-old guy, uh, 26 years old, and he's been convicted I, he has this guy stole hundreds of iPhones and he he didn't just steal the phone right he stole what was on the phone which is for for a lot of people access to quite a bit of money in their bank accounts right because a lot of these phones are, have pay apps on them that are directly linked to your checking account and from that you're able to very quickly draw down on money so how did he do this because at first when I read this, I said, well, this is a little bit skeptical. This has to be more to it. And the fact of the matter is, um, uh, is there's, well, there's, it, it happened pretty, it happened pretty quickly. First, this guy would, would, would uh, find a target, a person who had a phone that met certain qual- you know, criteria. He, this guy targeted iPhones and he was looking for certain models. And he learned how to identify them from afar. And then he would start talking to the person who had the phone. 
He'd go late at night, early hours of the morning to bars when people were highly intoxicated. He targeted young men because, as he said, uh, generally speaking, uh, men, college-age men were friendly and you know, were not as guarded as women of the same age. And, um, and he would say, hey, look, I'm, a, I'm an aspiring rapper. I've got some stuff, and, and hey, I want to add you to my Snapchat or whatever. And, and he'd, say, he'd say, here, let me put in my contact info. And these people would hand him their phone. And they were already tipsy, right? So he would hand him the phone, and, and what he would do is he would, he would – and he sometimes would ask for the code. Or he would just change the code while he was in it if he had the code. And then what would happen is uh, he'd get them distracted or he'd hand the phone off to somebody else who would steal the phone. And within minutes, they would go into it. They would change the code. They would change the face ID. They would change the logins to get into the pay apps. And they would immediately begin draining all the accounts. They would go and buy certain things. and, and Oh, and they would, they would disconnect the find my iPhone feature. So the person who lost his phone thought he just lost his phone or he'd been stolen, thought about, okay, I'm going to deal with this in the morning. I'm going to bed. I'm drunk, I, you know, not thinking clearly. And they would, you know, by morning it was too late. They would lose thousands of dollars. According to the Wall Street Journal, the perpetrator here would, within minutes of taking the phone, he'd be in the settings menu. He'd be changing the Apple ID. He'd use the new password to turn off Find My iPhone. So victims, of course, couldn't log in and find their phone and wipe the device. Johnson was changing passwords so fast, faster than you could say super fragilistic expialidocious. Yes, he's a Mary Poppins fan. Quote, you gotta beat the mice to the cheese. So as soon as he was in, the guy said he would enroll his face in Face ID because as soon as you get your face in there, you got the key to everything. The biometric authentication gave him quick access to passwords saved in iCloud keychain, and from that point, game over. I mean, you're getting into banking accounts, etc. Savings, checkings, cryptocurrency apps, everything, large numbers of money, social security numbers, etc. Finally, what would happen is he'd wipe the phone at the end when he was done stealing everything from it, and he'd sell the phone to a guy who was also convicted in the scheme and who would sell them overseas, and he'd make 900 bucks per phone. I guess these $1,200 phones, $1,200 phones, you buy, get them, buy them for, on the black market for 900 bucks, make a lot of money. So what's the answer to all of this? Why am I telling you this? Well, I mean, first off, a couple of things that aren't in the story that I need to I need to share with you. I mean, first off, I, if you've got a four-digit, you know, one, two, three, four, or two, three, four, five, uh, if you got a four-digit simple code on your phone, change it today. I have an alphanumeric. Uh, I have an alphanumeric long password, complicated password on my phone. Why? Because it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for somebody to break into my phone if they don't have the password. Second, I don't give my password to my phone to anybody. Why? Because I've got everything. First off, I'm an attorney. I represent people. I've got a lot of confidential information on my phone, so I don't share that with anybody. I, I am prohibited from doing that. Uh, so I, I, I can't, I just, that's one thing. And plus, I do have a lot of information on my phone that is I have my banking, etc. So I, I just, I, I password lock it, don't share it with anybody. 
Now, another thing that this article, and I didn't know this, but another thing that this article shares is, and this is the Wall Street Journal piece about a guy who's literally stolen hundreds of thousands of dollars from people by simply swiping their phone and going in and changing all the, all the info and funneling money to himself, is that there's a, a, an update coming to Apple iPhones. Uh, no word on if there's an update for Android users, but there's, a, there's, a, there's an update that's coming shortly. And Apple's aware because of, in part because of this case, is aware of the vulnerability. And so there's an update coming, and it's, I want to say it's the, I forget what version is. It's not the one that's available right now. It's not out yet. And one of the things that this is going to do is it's, it's going to make it harder to change your password. It's, it's gonna, and it's going to put a time lock on it. It's going to put a time lock. So it'll, it's, it's, oh yeah, the iOS 17.3. And I think we're on 17.2.1, I believe, was the latest update. At any rate, so iOS 17.3 coming up, and, and, the, uh, and, and, if you, it, it, and it's called Stolen Device Protection from Apple. And, uh, and it, will, it will put a time lock on stuff, so it will make it harder for somebody to quickly go in and change stuff. Now, the other recommendation Wall Street Journal has, and I think that this is sound, they say to lock all of your social security information and passwords to use a third-party uh, app that locks all that up. And I think this is right. I use this at the firm for stuff uh, at the office, and that um, – uh, that's that's important. I think that can help certainly lock stuff. Dashlane is one of them. One password is another, and these are programs where you can where you can put your your passwords in. So please listen. If you've got your phone, don't ever turn it over to a stranger. Don't turn it over really to anybody. Don't give anybody your password, and particularly not if you've got if you do any banking, if you've got Apple Pay, anything like that. It's like you wouldn't hand a stranger your wallet. You wouldn't hand a stranger your social security number, right? You wouldn't do any of that. So why are you turning over your phone? Makes zero sense. Oh, oh you saw this too. Yeah, uh, Robbie reminding me here. Lincoln Memorial got vandalized last night. Uh, free Gaza graffiti all over it. Can you imagine... If the Lincoln Memorial were defaced by MAGA Trump supporters, can you imagine what the outcry in the media would be about that? We would have endless speculation about the message being sent. We would be talking about charging these people with the seditious conspiracy. We'd be thinking these, these people would be essentially accused of efforts to topple the government. But as it stands, the mainstream media is treating the story with kid gloves. A story came out today in ABC News. It's not getting a whole lot of, of, of notice. And I, I point this out because one of the top things that people say about January 6th that I actually agree on, agree with them on, is you know, I'm, I'm just against the destruction of any kind of property. I think you can, have a, you, you, can, you can have a protest, you can have a speech, you can yell, you can shout. But the minute you start burning down buildings, and damaging private or public property, you've, you've, you've lost the plot, and I think you ought to be charged criminally. And to the extent that there were actual non-government agents who were Trump supporters, who were you know, like-minded folks that engaged in that at the Capitol, they should be tri- you know, 
tried and convicted for that. So are we going to have the National Park Service, the FBI, are they going to come after the people who did this, caused enormous damage to a, I think, a sacred place in our nation's capital? I don't think so. All those resources are being spent elsewhere looking for those lone wolf maggot extremists that remain the top priority of this Department of Justice. Make no mistake about that, folks. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, you're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right. One of the arguments here, if we're going to go down the slippery slope of removing Trump from the ballot, you heard Governor DeSantis say it. Look, we should just remove Biden from the ballot. He's let 8 million illegal immigrants into the country. Dereliction of duty, violation of the Constitution. Frankly, an insurrection, an invasion allowed on the watch, and I would say tacitly supported by the commander-in-chief. Bad stuff, so we're um, – get him off the ballot. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. So, uh, by the way, there's a, a bit of a controversy brewing in Texas. Governor, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, they've got a new border law uh, in place. Is they're, 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 they're being overrun. I mean, Texas is the front lines of this battle. This is a bill that lets, uh, lets or allows police uh, to arrest migrants who enter the U.S. Illegal, illegally, right? So it turns police, unfortunately, you got to do this because the Department of Homeland Security is not preventing the invasion, so local police are going to do it. Law also gives local judges authority to order them to leave the country. It's not going to wait on INS. not going to wait on these. <laughs> Somebody just entered the country recently. I saw this, um, they, and they were given a court date. What was it, Robbie, like 2031? Somebody enters the country, gets shipped off to... New York, I believe. And the lady is given a court date in 2031. And there are, you know, the, the people who practice lawyers that practice immigration law are looking, what the hell is this? It's unbelievable. So here's Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas uh, defending this new law that would give police in Texas authority to arrest illegals. We believe we have a bill that will uh, survive any type of Supreme Court challenge because we are being invaded. Uh, Arizona tried this about 10 years ago, but our law is different. It simply says that our law enforcement can arrest anyone, uh, take them in, uh, do a background check, photograph, do fingerprints. Uh, if they saw them cross the border illegally, uh, we can do that. Or if they happen to reveal in the arrest stop that they crossed illegally, and then the magistrate will send them back and will escort them to the border. Uh, and they have a choice. They can go to jail or they can go back. And if they go back and try to come back again and we arrest them again, the penalty gets even higher. I want to know at what point we just use a, a catapult, you know, to send them back across the Rio Grande. I, that, that, I'm just joking, folks. This is terrible. Don't take that. I'm just I'm just poking fun at it. But 
I mean, you've seen the images. You could you can tell they're exasperated. You imagine all the landowners, the farmers that live across the border, and and it's and don't give me this. It's a human. I understand that it's a humanitarian crisis. I get that these are people that are uh, that are that are on foot for days, wading through a dangerous river in parts to get to this country. But you also have to understand these cartels that control this flow of people and use and use these civilians as mules for their illegal business purposes, um, you know, and and put these people in harm's way. Uh, you got to understand that's that's what's behind all of this. So Dan Patrick. Um, then, of course, said that he's fed up with what happened in Colorado and echoed the sentiments of Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida. We're fed up. In fact, seeing what happened in Colorado tonight, Laura, makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, uh, disrupting our state far more than anything anyone else has done in recent history. And so um, this, is, uh, this is so outrageous. 10,000, 12,000, 14,000 people a day crossing the border. Eight million now, people the numbers, since he's been in office. Know, enough to be the 12th largest state. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Now, the, the numbers are terrible. What do you think Team Biden's doing in all this? Think they're recognizing that there's a problem? Because, of course, the, even the mayor of New York uh, City... Mayor Adams, Eric Adams, you know, dying the old Democrat, he is starting to foam at the mouth over this because New York is busting at the seams. So what is, you know, what does KJP, the affirmative action spokesperson for the Biden administration, have to say about this? Well, it's offensive. It's offensive to criticize Biden for what's going on at the border. <laughs> you know, I take offense, uh, and I think the president does too, in saying that we haven't taken this seriously. When you put your first piece of legislation is on immigration to fix the broken system, that is taking it very seriously. When you put out an emergency supplemental, which we put out weeks ago, that has the border, uh, funding for the border, uh, we take that very seriously. And then you have Congress, they continue to get in the way, Republicans, to be more clear, on actually doing what the president is asking for. That's it. They're offended. Kind of sounds like being a college student on campus, being uh, challenged with facts about, you know, what is a woman and going, I'm offended. This is what Democrats do when they don't have a serious counterargument. They get offended. Nonsense. Oh, and what about the law in Texas? They ask Corrine Jean-Pierre. All right, any new thoughts? Any thoughts on the new Texas law enabling police to do the job of the DHS? I'm paraphrasing the question. To do the job of the, of the Biden administration that they are failing to do at the border. Do you, Corrine Jean-Pierre, have anything to say for yourself that Texas is having to use their police to protect our southern border. Here's the response. 
What I can say is, and what I said at the top when I was asked this question by Chris, is the, the law is incredibly extreme. And it does not make, it does not make communities in Texas safer. It just does not. It dehumanizes, uh, which is what Republicans tend to do, certain Republicans tend to do, is dehumanize immigrants and, de and, and also uh, demonize them. And that's what we're seeing here. Demonizing immigrants. Boy, me, the son of two not just one, legal immigrants to this country who sacrificed a metric hell a ton to get here. Could not be a prouder American. Me, okay, having the benefit of my parents bringing you know, themselves here to this country and pursuing their American dream, and I'm fortunate enough to be born into it. Let me tell you, I have some perspective on immigration, Better than a lot of these talking head Democrats. I can speak for, I feel fairly confident when I say this number. I speak for at least 90% of all legal immigrants to this country. The legal immigrants to this country are disgusted by what they see on TV. They are disgusted by this wave of of of, of humans that are just allowed to cross over and being sent around given First class tickets on Delta flying, you know, to Chicago, flying to New York City, getting put up in four star hotels. This is ridiculous. Nobody welcomed my parents with a free four, you know, four star hotel stay when they landed in Chicago. Are you kidding me? And the message is clear. If you did it right, if you did it, if you followed the rules, go screw yourself. Right? Screw you because. This administration, they care about supporting the lawless. And in fact, I think that is the sort of unifying uh, line or plot that goes through this new Democratic Party. It's the lawless. It's the lawbreakers. It's the criminals that get the full benefits of society. And the rest of us that are following the rules, doing things right, minding our business, paying taxes, gosh forbid, we are the ones that get the short end of the stick. That is, in a nutshell, what it's like to be in America in 2023 going into 2024. We got to vote these fools out. Let me tell you, uh, this next year, pivotal. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. The show today brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you're hurt in a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234.